0: New Orleans Saints head coach Sean Payton says that the Saints should have a good passing day up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll talk about why. Then we'll look at what the New Orleans Saints defense has done that has continued to irk that Tampa Bay offense. And we'll wrap up with Brooke Kirchoffer of WWL here to talk about Alvin Kamara and the way that he's helped to retransform this New Orleans Saints offense. We got all that and a little bit of yap for you on today's episode of Locked on Saints.
1: You are locked on Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast
0: What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, your daily podcast covering the New Orleans Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks as always for making Locked On Saints your first listen of the day, every day. And don't forget that we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, Canal Street Chronicles, Locked On NFL, and here with you every single Monday through Friday on Locked On. Saints. And today's episode of Locked On Saints is brought to you by Stance Apparel. Stance believes that the perfect fit is better than fitting in. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. On today's episode, we're going to end up breaking down uh, the film. It's our Film Watch Wednesday episode from the Jets game, but I'm going to use it to kind of look ahead to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game as we start to turn the page there. So we'll be breaking all of that down and we'll welcome Juan Brooke Kirchhofer of WWL for our WWL Wednesday segment as well. But let's go ahead and get started with the Saints. Offense. So we'll start off with the quarterback as we always do. Taysom Hill, a nice game and a really nice adjustment by the New Orleans Saints with limiting that offense effectively within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage. We saw a couple of passes sail early by Taysom Hill, but once everything settled in and particularly in that short area of the field between zero and nine yards of line of scrimmage, 12 of 14 for 133 yards. That's exactly what you wanted to see in this game with the limitations around the New Orleans Saints passing offense. But can they replicate that up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And Sean Payton met with New Orleans media via conference call Wednesday morning and mentioned that he believes that the Saints will find some success in the passing game based on what Tampa Bay does defensively. So let's define that quickly. What is it that Tampa Bay does defensively? Well, they play a lot of zone coverage. And here's the thing. What that means is that you can pick up a lot of yards, you can complete a lot of passes, but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to get into the end zone. When you look at what the corners and linebackers are asked to do in zone coverage and what they've looked like so far for the Bucs over the course of the season, you're looking at a lot of yards given up. You're looking at a high completions percentage surrendered. You're looking at a high passer ratings per- uh, surrendered, but you're only looking at two touchdowns given up so far by that Tampa defense. So they're doing exactly what it is that you're supposed to do. You give up the yardage. You can give up the catches, but don't break, don't give up the scores. So then the big shift for Tampa Bay becomes shifting to man coverage in the red zone, which the Saints handle usually pretty well. And they're the highest scoring right now, or not necessarily the highest scoring, but they have the highest scoring percentage in terms of touchdowns when it comes to red zone possessions in the NFL right now. So that'll be something to look for. Ken Taysom Hill, Lead the drives between the 20s and then be able to utilize guys like Alvin Kamara and the other folks that are very, very effective within the red zone, including Taysom Hill himself with what he can do with his legs. And of course, that doesn't mean that you're only going to expect to see the Saints pass between the 20s. That's not going to be the case, right? They're going to run. Taysom Hill is going to scramble. Alvin Kamara is going to end up picking up yardage as well. That's where we'll jump to next. We'll go to the running back because really it was Alvin Kamara's game, right? Tied a career high, 31 touches, a personal best that he set back in 2018. Up against the Atlanta Falcons. If you get Mark Ingram back this week, I don't expect to see uh, Alvin Kamara have 31 or 30 plus touches again, but he should get a, a hefty amount of work or, or, or a large amount of work. And I think that that comes in the run game, of course, but it also comes in the passing game looking ahead. I, I think that Taysom and Alvin Kamara, the whole stigma around Taysom doesn't throw the ball to Alvin Kamara. We can put that to bed now, but I think you're going to see it a little bit more up against Tampa Buccaneers if Tampa is going to commit to continuing to run a lot of zone underneath. Then you're going to see those option routes come back for Alvin. Uh, you're going to see those options to where, you know, if the linebacker takes inside leverage, then he's going to break to the outside. If the linebacker takes outside leverage, he's going to break to the inside, come out of the backfield, things like that. And you didn't see that up against the New York Jets. And that might have been because that's the first game that Taysom and Alvin Kamara played together uh, this season. And Taysom kind of has to see the same thing as Alvin in those situations, right? It's not a simple thing to where Kamara's going this way. So I'm going to throw the ball that way. He has to kind of already know, oh, that's inside leverage. Camaro's going to the outside and then be able to throw the ball there if that throw is available to them. So they have to be able to see the same thing. So it'll be interesting to see if maybe that gets added in a bit here as they take on the uh, division rival Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And shout out to a listener that actually brought that up as somebody you know watching the game and saying, hey, I didn't really see a lot of those angle routes, Texas routes, option routes from Alvin. Will that come back up against the Tampa Buccaneers? Certainly something to watch for in this one. Not a lot to talk about when it comes to the pass catchers. Want to see more Jawan Johnson? Want to see more Nick Vanette? I mean, that's really the way that you have to look at all of this. And then, you know, you know that Traquan Smith comes up good for you. Three catches, 33 yards. You can get him over the middle of the field. He can make some tough catches for you, pick up some tough first downs. I think those are all things that you expect to see continue, especially if you're going to see a lot of zone coverage up against Tampa. Great to see Nick Vanette really kind of start to spark here a little bit as a pass catcher over the last couple of games. Expect to see that c- continue, especially if you're you're condensing the offense. If you're condensing the offense, then the tight end becomes extremely important. So wouldn't be surprised to see that continue. And would love to continue to see Juwan Johnson get mixed in. Sean Payton had some really interesting things to say after the game about Juwan Johnson and the way that it sort of dictates what the defense does. Does the defense treat him as a an additional wide receiver, so that they come out in nickel packages when he's on the field, or do they treat him as a tight end to where they stay in base packages, which allows you to do a bunch of different things. If that's the case, because you can mismatch him on a linebacker, for instance, you could also m- m- mismatch him, excuse me, on smaller slot defenders as well because of his size. So those are going to be things that you'll continue to watch in terms of how they march juan Johnson out there early, get an opportunity to diagnose how the defense is treating him, and then continue the game plan. Built around that. In this game against the Jets, you saw the Jets treat him more as a wide receiver and come out of nickel packages. So that influenced the way that the Saints called the game from that point forward. And finally, on the offensive line, really great to have Teron Armstead back. Brooke Kirchoffer later on with WWL is going to talk a bit about that. How often the Saints leaned on heading in his direction is certainly telling of how much they value the fact that Teron Armstead is back in the lineup. Something to watch going into next week. The Saints gain a ton of yardage over the course of the past few games with Alvin Kamara, when Alvin Kamara is healthy, between left tackle and left guard, as well as around the right end. Those are the two places that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have surrendered the most rushing yards so far this season as well. So something to keep an eye out on there. You're still struggling a little bit on the interior. Cesar Ruiz giving up a few pressures. Calvin Throckmorton Struggling uh, on the interior as well as in the screen game. He ended up getting in Alvin Kamara's way at one point. Alvin Kamara, Eric McCoy, all kind of cracking jokes about it after uh, the fact. But, you know, those are things that you expect to see cleaned up with experience. And if Ryan Ramchek comes back, you might see James Hurst shift back inside and then Calvin Throckmorton go back to his sort of sixth man responsibility. Getting Ryan Ramcheck back this week would be huge going up against this Tampa Bay defensive line but we'll see how it all pans out. Next up, we'll turn the page to take a look at the Saints' defensive performance against the New York Jets and what that means as they get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Usually, usually, New Orleans performs well against Tampa. We'll talk about why and what that means moving forward as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. Before we get to that, I want to tell you about our friends over at On Location, less than 100 days away from the Super Bowl at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles. Do you want to be there? Well, Best way to do it is with On Location, the NFL's official hospitality partner and the one and only place for you to get a once in a lifetime Super Bowl ticket and entertainment package. They're going to set you up with ridiculously fun opportunities that you're not going to get anywhere else, including the fact that you can pick the exact seat that you're going to sit in. None of this getting stuck in obstructed view or nosebleed section stuff. You can pick where you're going to sit. And sit where you picked, which is very important. And they're going to also set you up with a bunch of different exclusive entertainment packages as well, which includes you can get you know an exclusive pregame uh, event with NFL legends. You can get the opportunity to stay in some five star Los Angeles hotels and food prepared by the great Wolfgang Puck. Visit onlocationexp.com/sb56 for more details, or just simply search on location Super Bowl. On your favorite search engine. Once again, that is on location exp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. I can't tell you how much I love my stance socks. As I've told you before, I'm not going to show you my feet like Aaron Rodgers, but I will tell you all about my stance socks and my stance apparel. Stance is fantastic. They have taken apparel and particularly the socks, which I absolutely love to a whole new Level Lots of support. I have high high arches, so they definitely help there. They're assigned left foot, right foot. If you like structure, these are the socks for you. But also if you like structure in terms of being able to really mold to your foot and give you the support that you need. Then, of course, Stance Socks are for you, as are Stance Apparel, because they really go the extra mile with everything. You can look at socks, shirts, joggers, hoodies, whatever it is that you're looking for, they've got you covered over at stance.com. And if you like a bunch of different and fun designs, they have you there too, particularly over in that sock selection. Uh, Let's say that you like Harry Potter, Disney, Marvel, Bob Marley. Those are your interests. Uh, First of all, shout out to you for your eclecticism, but also You've got socks, you've got apparel, you've got everything you need over at Stance.com. Stance believes that the perfect fit is more important than fitting in and that for those who feel good, they do good. So go see for yourself. Register today for an account at Stance.com and get 15% off of your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. That's Locked On at checkout to apply. Enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with Stance. My family continuing on with today's episode of locked on saints thanks as always for making us your first listen of the day let's start off this topic here with the facts the new orleans saints defense has been a thorn in the side of tom brady ever since he arrived in tampa bay it's that simple now we should talk about why and illustrate by looking over the last couple of games what the new orleans saints defense has done well that should give you some confidence going into this matchup with the tampa bay buccaneers now Let's not get it twisted. Going up against a rookie Zach Wilson is not the same thing as going up against current MVP frontrunner in Tom Brady, right? Those are not equivalent to one another at all. However, there are elements that you can pull from the last, let's say three games, but in particular, we're going to focus on the film study here for the New York Jets to where you can see that the Saints have adjusted what they're doing on defense a bit in a way that matches up well in terms of what Tampa Bay has struggled against over on the offensive side. So let's really put this into context first. Let's talk a little bit about what the Saints did up against the New York Jets. Uh, When it comes to that Jets game, you did see a lot of pressure coming from that Saints four-man front. They tried to put a lot of pressure there. Sometimes they were successful, sometimes they weren't, but then they added in some blitzes there. They blitzed about 13 times in this game. I don't know that you're going to see them blitz as much up against Tampa, right? You don't want to vacate that area of... The of the field, you'll see them send pressure on third downs. That's for sure. That is the identity of the New Orleans Saints. That's ingrained in their DNA. CJ Gardner Johnson, safeties, uh, you know Malcolm Jenkins, uh, linebackers like Quan Alexander. You're going to see them blitz on third down, but I don't expect them to blitz as aggressively against Tom Brady as they did up against Zach Wilson. So we can remove that from the equation in terms of looking ahead. But that was really impactful and effective for the Saints' defense going against that young rookie quarterback. Now, the next piece of this is the coverage, right? So when it comes down to the coverage for the Saints. And look, let's just get this out of the way too. They played really well against uh, against the run. You can expect that to continue to be the case. The, the Saints are just really good against the run and they might be getting um Cam Jordan back this weekend, which would only help that fact. So let's focus on coverage because that's really where you can take from the New York Jets game and actually implement some of that when you look at what would work up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And a big part of that came down to what the Saints did in zone Coverage. They went very heavy in zone. And by no means is that specific to the New York Jets. They did that against the Buffalo Bills. They did it against the Dallas Cowboys. They held the Dallas Cowboys to only 20 points scored on the offense, despite the fact that they were the number one producing offense in the NFL, forced their third lowest net yards per average of the season, forced Dak Prescott to put some of his worst metrics up in the season as well. And that's not a coincidence, right? The Saints are doing this on purpose. Like they're shifting to playing more of this zone coverage because. It's a working on the defensive side, and B, they know what their opponents are struggling against. And so far, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, zone coverage has been something that they haven't been at their best against. If you look at the games in which the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have either lost this season or scored less than 30 points, which have been few and far between. But if you look at those games, the defenses that they've been matching up with have been playing heavily zone concepts. If you look at the Uh, With the exception of one game, it's the 19 to 17 win over New England. But in that game, you're going up against the best defensive mind in the NFL in Bill Belichick. So that's probably why they didn't score 30 points, Uh, plus injuries, things like that. Uh, but if you look at the losses to the Los Angeles Rams, the first loss to the New Orleans Saints, as well as the loss to the Washington football team, all of those games, they held Tampa Bay to under 30 points, and they were all heavy zone coverages. If you look at the win that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers had when they were at Philly, 28 points scored in that one, so under 30, and Philly, as we know, because we primed, we primed everything about this, the Saints and Philly game this way, Heavily zone coverage in terms of what they play over on the back end. So in the game against the New York Jets, you saw a lot of zone coverage for the Saints, a lot of disguising, a lot of showing one uh coverage and then shifting to another, right? Middle of field, open, middle of field, close, those conversations that we've had. But for the Saints as they match up and get ready for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you can really take kind of copy and paste and move that over. You're not gonna show Tom Brady something he hasn't seen, right? You're not gonna fool him, you're not gonna, you know, beat him with disguising and things like that. But you can beat him if you can put the pressure on him because he does, he doesn't have the mobility. And if you're able to play that zone coverage in a way that ends up potentially giving them yards, but keeps them out of the end zone, sort of the same thing, replicate what the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers do on their defensive side. And if you look at Tom Brady over the course of the four games that he has played against New Orleans since he's been in Tampa Bay, including the playoff win. Okay. So this includes like the good game, uh 61.9% completion percentage, eight touchdowns to seven interceptions. 10 times has he been sacked, 80.9 passer rating, and the Saints ended up limiting him minus two in terms of his average net yards per attempt. So you end up taking two yards away from him on those adjusted yardage. So that's really good for New Orleans in the way that they've held up, and they should match up similarly in this game. Now, if things get out of hand for the Saints defense and the Tampa Bay offense goes out there and just produces all over the field and ends up you know, scoring and, and, and getting ahead, it's going to be bad news for the New Orleans Saints because it's going to be tough for the offense to keep pace. So this game is going to come down to New Orleans being as successful as they were against the New York Jets or some finding some semblance of success like they found against the New York Jets. But mostly kind of going back to that Dallas Cowboys game, you're looking at what the Saints did in that game and you're hoping that they're, they're going to be able to kind of lift that and then move it into this game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So for the Saints, they should match up well defensively. We talked about why, the, why Sean Payton feels confident in the passing game. We're going to break all of this down even more as we continue on throughout the week because there's some other pieces to all of this that will continue to fill in how the New Orleans Saints match up. But as we look back at the last couple of games, we look at the film up against the New York Jets, the Saints are doing all the things on the field that they should in order to be able to be competitive against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Next up, we're going to be joined by Brooke Kirchoff of WWL. We're going to talk a little bit about the return of Alvin Kamara, how much that ended up impacting the Saints offense and changing the game for them. And we'll also talk a bit about what Brooke thinks the New Orleans Saints need to get right in order to get that upset up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady. We'll get to that here in just a moment. But first, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Built Bar, the best tasting protein bars on the market, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. So while you're enjoying all of your holiday desserts, your delicious treats, go ahead and pack up some Built Bars to have with you as well. They're the perfect stocking stuffer and a great gift for folks. And they're a great gift for yourself as well, because you get the best of both worlds. They're delicious and they're healthy. And so many different flavors to choose from as well, because Built Bar is going to give you that extra fuel and give you all the extra options of their incredible flavors too. Because again, it's a protein bar, but it tastes like a candy bar. And people are always so passionate about what their favorite flavors are. I love me some mint brownie, salted caramel. I like the really sweet flavors. And I know that they sound sweet, but we're only talking about five or six grams of sugar while you're still getting 17, 18 grams of protein as well. So they're great for you and they are great all in their own. So go and check them out. And don't forget all the limited time flavors, including the Built Bar Puffs so you can get all that marshmallowy Christmas treat goodness as well. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5 so you can get 15% off of your next order. That is 15% off with the promo code LOCKED15 at Built.com. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. It is WWL Wednesday, and we are joined this week by the one, the only, the illustrious, Brooke Kirchhoffer from WWL Channel 4, at Brooke Chesney on Twitter. Always a pleasure to see you, Brooke. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you for having me, Ross. I'm happy I could finally join the podcast.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Such a pleasure to have you uh, be able to come through as well as the rest of the WWL team. And of course, we got to see this really uh, sort of something we haven't seen in a little while. The entire month of November, no wins for the New Orleans Saints, but they had an opportunity here up against the New York Jets, took advantage of it and changed the tide a little bit, I think you can say.
1: Right. Don't discount the fact that it's the Jets, right? They finally got the monkey off their back. They end a five-game losing streak, which has never happened in the Sean Payton era with New Orleans. Huge win. A lot of good reasons why it was a big win for the Saints. Again, as we talked about, a lot of people are discounting it's because the Jets. But the Saints had the most rushing yards they've had all year in this game a big part of that was Alvin Kamara coming back from injury it sounded like he was maybe even able to come back last week but it was more of a hamstring injury but when you get somebody like Alvin Kamara back you want him to be 100% healthy and we saw why he fights for more yards a big part of the his success though also he rushed to the left side it compared rushed to the left side 18 times compared to 7 times on the right Big part of that, Tron Armstead being back at left tackle. That guy is able to just put people on islands and create space for running backs to run through. And we saw that, even with Taysom Hill, of course, ripping up that touchdown that everybody said he should have (laughs) – Slid on, but hey, good for the fantasy points, people, right. but a really big win for the Saints.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that uh, touchdown run, that 44-yard touchdown run by Taysom Hill, Teron Armstead pulling to the outside and getting on a uh, defensive back, which I think is a, a battle that Teron Armstead's going to win 10 times out of 10, I think I'd say.
1: No question. And hopefully <laughs> he's getting back his other duo and mm-hmm. Ryan Ramchek on the right side. We're also hoping to see quite a lot of players back of course Cameron Jordan unfortunately could not return because of covid as yeah. well as Mark Ingram and Ty Montgomery it's interesting Ingram and Jordan are in like a quarantine instagram live just before we went <laughs> what just before we went on so at least they're in good spirits and it looks like no symptoms but getting those guys back as well i can't imagine you don't have some success against the bucks if you welcome those guys back
0: Yeah, I think that combination in particular of Ryan Ramchek and Mark Ingram getting both of them back, we saw the New Orleans Saints sort of shift focus a little bit in the run game. I mean, they they went to something that was familiar, right? Heavy run game, defense, 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 and they did a really good job there. That's kind of where they were early on in the season, Mm -hmm. but they kind of switched up the scheme a little bit. They went really heavy into a man zone scheme or a man blocking scheme, excuse me, as opposed to a usual zone run that they like to run with. Uh, Alvin Kamara. So you get Mark Ingram back, you get Ryan Ramchick back and then you get sort of those guys that can bulldoze between the tackles in addition to Alvin Kamara, who's coming off of a career high in touches. It was funny. They, they mentioned in the broadcast that he might be on a little bit of a pitch count. And then he went on to have 31 touches in this one. Getting Mark Ingram back would certainly help to lessen that workload a little bit, I'm sure.
1: It's funny you say that. I think they said pinch ca- pitch count 25 times during that broadcast. <laughs> but understand if Alvin Kamara is healthy, And like they said, they waited to bring him back until he was 100%. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if he got the ball on every single play because he can make something happen with his feet. He's so shifty. We Mm -hmm. saw him juke the one Jets defender. I mean, it looks like Alvin's on skates, right, when he's on the football field. He's just a generational talent that the Saints are so lucky to have right now when you truly just aren't – doesn't look like you're going to have wide receiver depth at all this year. I don't see how you make that happen – At this point in the season, you just lost Deontay Harris for three games. We knew that was coming. You have to bring back a guy like Kenny Stills onto your roster, who I think we all know why Sean moved him off the roster. You're having to welcome somebody back like that who's not the maybe not even a three or a four on a healthy Saints team. So it's interesting to see when you're going up against a Buck team that has five players with over 400 receiving yards, you're – Number one guy Chris Godwin has over a thousand. The Saints only have four, or excuse me, three players with over 300 receiving oh. yards. One of them is Alvin Kamara, who of course is toting the rock on almost every play. So you have to find a way at this point to just be creative each week. And I think with Sean Payton calling the plays, he's going to find a way to do that. But it's not going to be easy the rest of this way.
0: Yeah, Sean Payton certainly loves a challenge over on the offensive side. We've seen that time and time again. And hopefully getting those players back that we mentioned, getting a little bit healthier on the offensive side helps with that creativity. But Dennis Allen tends to get a little bit loose and creative over on the defensive side, too. He does a lot of interesting things. He was able to get back Marcus Adenport and C.J. Gardner Johnson in that game, the win up against the New York Jets. I'm sure that those were big revelations on the defensive side, just like Alvin Kamara was on the offensive side.
1: Right. We tend to talk more about what the offense doesn't have and forget to mention the defense as well. I mean, you don't have, when you don't have CJ Gardner Johnson and Marcus Davenport, I mean, that is a huge miss. Marcus Davenport, arguably either the one or the two defensive end as far as talent wise on this Saints roster. Tough not having him in. And then CJ Gardner Johnson really has just thrived in that nickel spot in this Saints defense, getting him back and also, too, I know not a lot of people like to talk about energy players, but he really does. And Sean, even yeah. spoke about that after the win. Having somebody like that back on the field matched up again with Quan Alexander, both of those energy guys lining up back there. I mean, it makes a difference. And I think when you're going up against the Bucks, they get into Tom Brady's head. I mean, I truly believe that. There's a reason why Tom Brady has not been successful in the regular season when he's with the Bucks against the Saints, and I think if you get Cam Jordan back and he's jarring and he's able to make Tom Brady uncomfortable with pressure, I see the Saints having success like they did when they were in Tampa last year, Mm -hmm. not the offensive success. I don't think they're going to have as much offensive success as they did because that was just an, an incredible game to watch the last year in Tampa Bay, but the defense can hang on. You've got Alvin Kamara, hopefully Mark Ingram, hopefully Ty Montgomery back. And then some of these wide receivers just are, are going to have to step up, s- plain and simple. You're going to have to see Juwan Johnson and some of those other guys really, you know, get into this role that we've been waiting for them to emerge into. So maybe we see it this week. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Is that the thing that you would say that the New Orleans Saints absolutely have to get right in order to uh, win this game and come up with the big upset up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers that these offensive players sort of step up? Or is there something else that you'd highlight as sort of the key to this win?
1: I think it's tricky, right? With Taysom Hill and his mallet finger injury, Mm -hmm. we saw how he was not able to hold on to the ball very well because it was colder. Um, In that game, obviously it's going to be humid and sticky, so I don't think he's going to have any problem holding on to the football in Tampa this week. But when you've got a quarterback that's kind of struggling to throw the football because he truly can't grip it, Mm -hmm. you're asking way much more of these receivers. And I don't want to say that, that if you have like a Jawan Johnson or uh Treyquan Smith just have a breakout game that's going to fix it all but i think it's going to alleviate some of the pressure that Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram are probably feeling that they don't mind the pressure but again to relieve that pressure uh um, later on in the season
0: yeah and hey Treyquan Smith a big part of that 38 to 3 victory that you're referencing that the yes. Saints had last week or last year Fingers crossed that maybe he could have that kind of a performance again here up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's going to be a very fun one this weekend to continue to keep up with Brooke and everybody over at the WWL team. Make sure you're checking out Channel 4, WWL, and, of course, following Brooke on Twitter at Brooke Chesney. Thanks so much for taking the time to come through, Brooke. Always a pleasure to have you here.
1: Thank you, Ross. Thanks for having me.
0: All right, family. Lots more Saints and Bucks coming up here throughout the week. We're going to be joined by David Harrison of the Locked on Bucks podcast for our crossover Thursday, tomorrow and We'll build our game plan on Friday. How can the New Orleans Saints come up with a victory against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? A lot's going to have to go right, but we'll break it all down. We've got all that and more here for you throughout the rest of the week. Thanks, as always, for making Locked on Saints your first listen of the day. For your second listen today, go and check out Locked on Bets Win you sell some money with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. As always, y'all, for everything you need in between all of these episodes, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them And trust you, that nation. I'll at you.